Hello and welcome to episode 236 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Sunday, July the 10th, 2022 in the year of our Lord. Continuing to take a look at Devotion to the Precious Blood by Father M.F. Walls, which was initially published in 1925 during this month dedicated to the most precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the section entitled, The Precious Blood in Its Earthly Origin. Truly, could the Blessed Virgin Mary say of herself, I am the mystic vine, which produced the sweet and lovely grape from which that mysterious wine of salvation was pressed, the blood of the new and eternal testament. As the vine, I have brought forth a pleasant odor, and my flowers are the fruit of honor and riches. Ecclesiastes 24, 23. When God said to the serpent in the Garden of Eden, I will put enmities between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed, may we not conclude that he referred to the redeeming blood of Jesus, assumed from the Immaculate Virgin Mary, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb? Apocalypse twelve eleven. Is not then the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary the morning star, and the precious blood of her divine son, the roseate dawn of a new spiritual day. These are the two sweet memories of Paradise Lost, the recollection of which sheds a tender luster over this accursed earth. The virgin, promised 4,000 years before her birth, and the lamb slain from the beginning of the world. St. Hildegard, in her revelation, speaks of Our Lady as the morning dawn, because she hid in her womb the blood of our Savior, which casts forth rays of light. Fallen man must be restored to the image of God, and for this purpose the Son of God emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and in habit found as a man. Philippians 2.7 But in the eternal wisdom of God, it was decreed that without the effusion of blood, there would be no remission of sin, no restoration of man to the sonship of God. Blood had been flowing for over 4,000 years at the express command of God to an acceptable homage to the deity. The blood of animals, however, was only a type of the blood of the Lamb of God, for nothing but a divine victim can appease the divinity. The Son of God, then, seeks a mother here upon earth. He asks for blood from the veins of a daughter of Adam, that he may belong to the human race. Therefore, because the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself in like manner hath been partaker of the same. Hebrews 2.14 The great archangel Gabriel is sent as the heavenly envoy to convey the message of this astounding mystery. And to whom? To a maiden, who in the eyes of the world is but the bride of a laboring man. But she is a virgin without spot, whom God has enriched with every grace, and whose soul is a reflection of the divine purity. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, the archangel speaks. And Mary replies, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. And the word was made flesh. Bright as the blood of Adam, when the breath of God sent it sparkling through his veins, pure as the flesh of Eve, while standing yet in the mold of the Almighty's hands, as they drew it from the slumbering man, were the blood and the flesh which the Spirit of God formed into the glorious humanity, that Mary gave to Jesus. 
the precious blood of Jesus flowing through his veins while an infant in his holy mother's womb was derived from Mary. He lived with her life. She furnished from her immaculate body the precious blood that Jesus shed for us. How close must have been the union of Jesus and Mary? Can we wonder at her surpassing holiness when she not only carried God within her womb, but furnished the very blood, excuse me, furnished the very body with which his humanity clothed itself? We also find it in the thought, in this thought, a fresh proof of Mary's unblemished purity. It is repugnant in our reverence for the second person of the Blessed Trinity to imagine him dwelling in a womb that had ever been defiled with sin or to suppose that the precious blood that flowed in his veins and was the price of our redemption did not come from a source as pure as God would make it. We must also remember that Jesus' blood was holy Mary's. It was not as in the case of other children who have an earthly father. The body of Jesus was formed in Mary's womb by the operation of the Holy Ghost. And naturally, Jesus was altogether hers. In heaven, the body that Jesus wears is still the body derived from Mary, and this union is now closer than ever. In making the blood of his Son the price and vehicle of every grace, God has shown wonderful knowledge of the mysteries of human nature. If one could use these words with regard to one who has made human nature, our blood is our human individuality. We are what we are through the communication of the blood of our parents. Our far-reaching differences of temperament and power come from the blood that flows in our veins. It makes us of what nature we are, apt for good or prone to evil. Neither the philosopher nor the theologian can lay too much stress on the phenomena of heredity, phenomena that invariably point to the fact that it is man's blood that contains the germs of parental depravities or perfections. In the blood of the Son of God, we have a we have a blood of absolute human purity, a blood that carries no germs of evil, but is filled through the human laws of heredity with every perfection because it is blood from an immaculate mother. The blood of our Lord is precious, primarily on account of Mary's spotlessness through the immunity from all concupiscence, which was Our Lady's privilege. That our Lord's blood should have been endowed with absolute purity, we owe to Mary. Had she had the seeds of sin in her blood, the fulmus peccati, our Lord's blood might still have received purity from above, but it would not have had human purity. It would not have been precious as a human blood. But now, thanks to Mary's spotlessness, human blood flowed in the veins of our Lord that came down from Adam and had nothing in itself except what was purest and noblest in the human race from the beginning. Besides the accumulation of human perfections, the blood of our Lord was made still more precious through the indwelling of the Spirit of God. It has divine heredity besides human heredity. The Spirit of God had filled it with the fullness of divine life, when it was already precious as the product of Mary's noble life. In this twofold heredity, we have the key to the mystery of the precious blood. We know now why both its atoning and sanctifying power are infinite, the precious blood is the fountain of the plenitude of all graces in Mary. It is also the source of her power to help us. Since our Savior constituted his blessed mother, standing beneath the cross, the universal heiress of all the riches of his blood, and since it is through her hands that we draw graces from the Savior's fountains, is it not fitting that we should offer this same precious blood to God through the hands of his mother for ourselves and for others? 
the blessed curia of ours, who was beatified only a few weeks later than blessed Gaspar del Buffalo, who is now Saint Gaspar del Buffalo, the great promoter of the devotion of the precious blood says, accustom yourselves to the following efficacious manner of prayer. Ask the blessed virgin to offer to the heavenly father, her divine son, all covered with blood and wounds for the conversion of sinners. This is a most excellent prayer. My children, remember this well. I never failed to obtain any grace that I ask of God in this manner. Oh, what a powerful prayer. What a merciful and irresistible pleading. When the mother of God offers by her immaculate hands the redemptive blood of Calvary, the Eucharistic blood of the Mass, in our behalf for the conversion of sinners, for the propagation of the faith, for the sick and dying, and for the souls in purgatory. Who could better imbue us with the love of the blood of our redemption than the sorrowful mother whose heart beats stimulated the growth of this sacred blood? She, who saw it shed seven times, saw it rudely trampled underfoot by Jew and Gentile and mixed with the mire of this accursed earth. She, whose lips were reddened by kissing the wounds of the crucified. How she must long to see the devotion to this precious blood spread over the entire world and reach every heart. With what love she watches those who follow in her footsteps in making atonement to the blood of our redemption. Thy immaculate heart, O blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, was the virginal source of the precious blood of my Redeemer. It is then the fountainhead of my salvation. With filial love, with deepest gratitude, and with unbounded confidence, I cry to thee, sweet heart of Mary, be my salvation. Eve offered us the fruit of death, but thou, O most holy mother, didst give us the fruit of eternal life. How can I thank thee enough for so sublime a gift? O my celestial queen, how could I ever forget thee? How could I but love thee? Forever and ever thou shalt be to me the mother of fair love and of fear and of knowledge and of holy hope. That ends the section of reading for today. What a beautiful image. What a beautiful thought of the Blessed Virgin Mary with child, pregnant with our Lord Jesus Christ in her womb. What a beautiful example, the tender love that she had. Her body, her blood, nourishing the body and blood of our Savior, especially in these times when pro-abortion fanatics here in the United States of America have responded in what I can only describe as a demonic fashion to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Seeing women literally in the streets screaming about how they want to kill babies, about how they love killing babies. And they're not trying to be sarcastic. All right, this is downright demonic. But once again, our Lord says, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you. So many of these women, I'm sure, were either abused or neglected by their parents. And they're very angry. And they're going to take that anger out on whomever. Donald Trump or anti-abortion folks like myself. That's fine. We will continue to pray for them and we will continue to ask God to give them the grace of conversion. 
that these women understand, especially women who are currently pregnant and contemplating abortion. What a precious gift it is to be a mother and what a profoundly wicked act it is to allow an abortionist to murder your baby. Let us pray for all mothers that they might have the grace to choose life and understand what a special honor and a privilege it is to be a mother and look to Our Lady. Think of her being with child, with the divine child inside of her, how much love she had for baby Jesus, how much love she has for all babies, how she wants all the babies to be born and for abortion to be wiped from the face of the earth. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Let's take a look now, once again, at Plinio Correa de Oliveira, Prophet of the Reign of Mary, by Professor Roberto Di Mattei. I highly recommend getting a copy of this book. And as I've mentioned several times, we want to contemplate what is the Immaculate Heart, the reign of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary? What is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, according to great Catholic writers like Dr. Plinio, as he was affectionately known, to his friends in Brazil and indeed throughout the world? This section is entitled The Queenship of Mary, According to Popes and Theologians. In recent centuries, the doctrine on the social kingship of Mary developed in a similar manner, excuse me, there's a typographical error, should be the social queenship of Mary, developed in a similar manner to that of social kingship of Christ. Just as the kingship of Christ is rooted in the worship of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the queenship of Mary is closely linked to the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The legitimacy of this cult was challenged by the Jansenists, against whom St. John Eudes wrote a capital work, the admirable heart of the most holy mother of God, showing the intimate connection between the two divine hearts. In his Marian doctrine, more of a Trinitarian than Christological inspiration, he attributes, he attributes to Mary the title of queen, not only because she is the mother of God, the queen of heaven and earth, and the sovereign lady of the universe, but also because as spouse of the Holy Ghost, she is the spouse of the sovereign monarch of the universe. St. Pius X, who beatified John Eudes, calls him father, doctor, and first apostle of this devotion, which received a heavenly seal with the Fatima apparitions of 1917. In his encyclical, Adcheli Reginam, of October 11, 1954, Pius XII, who in 1944 had extended the cult of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to the whole church, admirably summed up the tradition. Fathers of East and West, theologians and popes always attributed to Mary the title of queen. The Roman liturgy and also the Eastern liturgies proclaim Mary queen of heaven, queen of angels, queen of the world, queen of all saints. According to Pius XII, the reasons and foundations of the queenship of Mary are her divine motherhood and associated with Christ and association with Christ in the whole work of our salvation. Its essential constituents are royal supremacy, royal power, and effective intercession resulting from Mary's intimate union and association with Christ. 
On November 1, 1954, on establishing the Feast of Mary the Queen and ordering the yearly renewal on that day of the consecration of the human race to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Pius XII said he placed in that gesture the great hope that a new era may arise, gladdened by Christian peace and the triumph of religion, and stated that the invocation of Mary's reign is the voice of Christian faith and hope. Father Garigou Lagrange explains how royalty is attributed to Mary in the proper sense rather than metaphorical one. God alone, as author of all things, has by his very essence universal kingship over all creatures, which he governs to lead them to their end. But Christ and Mary, the Dominican theologian recalls, participate in that universal kingship. The theological reasons, according to Father Garagou Lagrange, are as follows. A. Jesus Christ is king of the universe. Even as man, by virtue of his hypostatic union and therefore divine personality, but Mary, as mother of God, made man, belongs to the hypostatic order and shares in the dignity of her son, for his person is the term of her divine motherhood. Hence, she shares co-naturally as mother of God in his universal, universal kingship. B. Jesus is king of the universe by his fullness of grace and by the victory which he won over Satan and sin by his humility and his obedience unto death, for which cause God hath exalted him. But Mary was associated with his victory over Satan, sin, and death by her union with him in his humiliations and sufferings. She is therefore really associated with him in his kingship. C. The same conclusion may be arrived at by considering the close relationship in which Mary stands to God the Father, of whom she is the first adoptive daughter and the highest in grace, and God the Holy Ghost, through whose operation the word took flesh in her womb. The Dominican theologian concludes, Mary has a radical right to universal queenship by the fact of her divine motherhood, but the divine plan was that she should merit it also by her union with her suffering son, and that she should not exercise it fully before being crowned queen of all creation in heaven. Another great Mariologist of the 20th century, Marianist father Emil Newbert wrote, the royalty of Mary is based, like that of her son, on her participation in the mysteries of the incarnation and redemption. And also in her function as the mother of all men, Mary is mother of the man God, who is king, and the king's mother is queen, participating in his sovereignty to some degree. This principle, which is true in the case of mothers of common kings, is even more true with regard to Mary. First, because in his infinite love for his mother, Jesus made her participate in all his prerogatives to the extent they can be transmitted to a creature. Immaculate conception, exemption from sin and concupiscence, fullness of grace, early glorification of her body, etc. Why would he not have her share in his kingship? Secondly, because Mary gave Jesus to the world to be king, according to the angel's message that he shall reign forever. He depended on Mary's consent to acquire that royalty, having become king the moment he became the son of Mary and not after his birth. For him, this entailed a special obligation, not one of strict justice, but of filial piety, to share his sovereignty with her. Father Gabriel M. Roshini is another theologian who has devoted some beautiful pages to the queenship of Mary. He writes that the reign of Mary is a mysterious, supernatural reality that can be understood only through the use of analogy. The term reign, like royalty, 
is in fact analogous because it can be extended to different realities, indicating the element they have in common. According to St. Thomas, those are called king and queen who have the office of ruling, that is, ordering the community of men of a perfect society toward the common goal. Therefore, the first analogous relationship is that between the reign of Christ and the reign of Mary. In both cases, reign is a moral unity with authority and subjects. In turn, this analogical relationship is based on the participation of Mary's queenship and the kingship of Christ in the supreme kingship of God, king of kings, who has the fullness of kingship in the first place. The encyclical Quas Primus attributes to Christ a supreme royal authority because the word of God, as consubstantial with the Father, has all things in common with him, and therefore has necessarily supreme and absolute dominion over all things created. The nature of the queenship of Mary must be determined in the light of a twofold analogy. The analogy with the kingship of Christ and the analogy with any queen of the earth. The kingdom of Christ is not different from that of Mary in the sense that it has the same subjects and the same intent. The true and supreme foundation of this kingship is Mary's intimate union with Christ the King. Indeed, no king was ever united to his mother as Christ the King was with Mary. But the analogy also is valid with earthly queens. In fact, the concept of queen applies both to queen of heaven and queen of earth, although in a very different way. Consequently, just as Jesus is incomparably more a king than all the kings of the earth, he is the king of kings. So also Mary is incomparably more a queen than all queens of the earth. She is the queen of queens. The royal majesty of the kings and queens of the earth is just a shadow, a pale reflection of the royal majesty of Christ and Mary. The thesis that Mary is truly queen in the proper and formal sense of the term while still not defined de fide, can be considered theologically certain. Monsignor Bruno Garandini writes in an in-depth study devoted to the subject. The Roman theologian recalls how St. John Damason had already expressed the foundation of this kingship thus, being the mother of the creator, Mary is truly the queen of all creatures. Mary participates in the kingship of Christ as mother of God, associated with the work of the divine redeemer. The kingship the Creator shared with the Virgin Mary was not an abstract and vague royalty, but fitting to a king by right of birth and by acquired right. Hence follows the triple power that characterizes the kingship of Christ. The kingship of Christ is the mirror and paradigm of Marian queenship. Mary is queen because Jesus, God and man, is king. Both kingships rest on the same basis but are expressed differently. Christ is king for all eternity, while Mary became queen the moment she conceived the only begotten of the Father. Christ is king because he is God and man-God. Mary is queen because she is his mother and partner in the work of redemption. Thus ends the reading for today. She is the queen mother. And we remember in the Old Testament that Solomon denied Bathsheba nothing. She was his mother. And if you wanted to be in King Solomon's good graces, then you wanted to have the ear of Bathsheba because she was the queen mother. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the queen mother of all queen mothers. As the text relates, she is the queen of queens, as Jesus is the king 
of kings. So let's ask God to have a deeper devotion to Our Lady, to love her, to venerate her as the Queen of Queens, as the Virgin Most Powerful. She loves you more than you can possibly comprehend, and she's always praying for you. Oremos. Prayer for the Hastening of the Triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary by Bishop Schneider. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Holy Mother of God and our tender mother, look upon the distress in which the whole of mankind is living due to the spread of materialism, godlessness, and the persecution of the Catholic faith. In our own day, the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies, the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrileges against the most holy Eucharist, especially through the practice of communion in the hand and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. Amidst these trials appeared the light of the consecration of Russia to thine immaculate heart by the Pope in union with the world's bishops. In Fatima, thou didst request the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of the month. Implore thy divine son to grant a special grace to the Pope that he might approve the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. May Almighty God hasten the time when Russia will convert to Catholic unity, mankind will be given a time of peace, and the Church will be granted an authentic renewal in the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of divine worship, and the holiness of Christian life. O Mediatrix of all graces, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and our sweet Mother, turn thine eyes of mercy towards us and graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. Praises of St. Joseph by St. John Eudes. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, Temple of the Holy Ghost. Hail Joseph, Beloved of the Most Holy Trinity. Hail Joseph, Most Faithful Coadjutor of the Great Council. Hail Joseph, Most Worthy Spouse of the Virgin Mary. Hail Joseph, Father of all the Faithful. Hail Joseph, Guardian of all those who have embraced Holy Virginity. Hail Joseph, Faithful Observer of Holy Silence. Hail Joseph, Lover of Holy Poverty. Hail Joseph, Model of Meekness and Patience. Hail Joseph, Mirror of Humility and Obedience. Blessed art thou above all men. Blessed thine eyes, which have seen the things which thou hast seen. Blessed thine ears, which have heard the things which thou hast heard. Blessed thy hands, which have touched and handled the incarnate word. Blessed thine arms, which have borne him who bears all things. Blessed thy bosom, on which the Son of God fondly rested. Blessed thy heart, inflamed with burning love. Blessed be the Eternal Father who chose thee. Blessed be the Son who loved thee. Blessed be the Holy Ghost who sanctified thee. Blessed be Mary thy spouse, who cherished thee as her spouse and brother. Blessed be the angel who served thee as a guardian, and blessed forever be all who love and bless thee. Amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, ora pronobis, sancti osef, teradaimonem, ora pronobis, in nomine patris, et fili, et spiritus sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 236 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share this podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most especially, 
pray for the eternal salvation of Pope Francis. Goodbye and God love you.